This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. It's been said that people run systems and the systems run their businesses. Thoughts and beliefs run people. It's all about why we do what we do, what we attribute importance to, what drives us, how we frame the decisions we make, how we feel, and how we think. So much of our success in life and in business is about what we believe in our hearts and what's inside our brain. In business, I call this the small biz brain. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment has experienced massive success in the real estate world from investment analysis and property management to acquisitions and property development. With over $700 million in real estate, Ken McElroy offers a unique perspective on how to get the biggest return on investments in real estate. Ken is the real estate advisor to Robert Kiyosaki of the Rich Dad Company and is the author of several books, including The ABCs of Real Estate Investing. Let's welcome Ken McElroy. Welcome to the program. Hey, David. Thanks. I appreciate being on. Great to have you. And you know, I've often said that real estate investing and the business of managing those investments it's analogous to so many things in small business. So uh, for that reason, it's, it's just great to have you here because I know uh, beyond real estate, much of what we'll talk about does apply across the spectrum, right? Oh, there's no question. Yeah. Uh, investing is actually the easy part. Managing is, you know, running the, running the business is the hard part. Exactly. The operational side. Uh, when it comes to the startup of a small business, and a good deal of my audience is interested in either starting a business or uh, restarting a business or turning something they do into a business. What are some of the nuggets of advice or secrets or sort of this launch phase? What should folks looking to do that be watching for and thinking about? Well, first of all, I I actually think everybody should have some kind of a small business. I really do, uh, either on a consulting basis or something that they do part-time or full-time. Um, you know, I just think that having all your eggs in one basket is not a good idea, but I, I think what, what I found, cause I, I've been, I'm in, uh, I started in a group called entrepreneurs organization and now I'm in YPO, which is uh, young, pr- uh, president's organization. And, and so I've, I've been around entrepreneurs my whole life and, um, you know, and mentored lots and lots of people. And I think what I found is that most of the time people uh, they 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 analyze too much and they don't they don't make a move. Yeah, you know they don't even take a step forward, and that's actually the most frustrating thing is because I think people have incredible potential, 
And, you know, they're just afraid that, that uh, they're not going to do everything right. And, and, and I think, I don't know one entrepreneur, actually not even one, that, um, hey, you know, had everything figured out before they started. So it's critical that you not be uh, what I'll call paralysis through analysis, that you allow yourself to, to, to get rolling, roll it out to market. And I've heard this before, Ken, and you can chime in on this, is, is really allow the market to speak so that you can begin to immediately incorporate feedback from them and, and to improve your product and your processes. Would you agree? Well, that's exactly right. I, the, the consumer or you know, the market tells you what to do. If you're aware and paying attention, mm, mm. you know, you do have to have strategy. Don't get me wrong. And, and, you know, and I think if you're going to jump into something, you should research it and have mentors and, and do a lot of research beforehand. Right. But honestly, right. you know, the, the biggest issue, the biggest obstacle that I see for people is that they say they don't have the money. And, um, you know, again, going back to, you know, my original statement, I, Having, I'm around hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs currently, and, and I don't know hardly any of them that started with their own money. It's very rare that they do. You know, if you, it's a desire issue. It's a choice issue. Mm-hmm. And when you say, I think I heard you right, start with their own money. In other words, this OPM idea. So talk about that. Let's unpack that a little bit. How does someone looking to start a small business approach the idea of using other people's money? If I heard you correctly, that's what you said, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, I think, you know, if you if you look at the way the world works, uh, people either put their money in the bank or they put it in a pension fund or insurance policy or 401k or whatever. And um, the thing about that money, David, is that's managed money. That money is, you know, you, all you're doing is turn it over to somebody to, to invest it for somebody else. Yeah. Well, that money looks for a home. That money goes into real estate. It goes into businesses. You, you know, I was reading, you, you know, all the money. Uh, you think of all the big companies, you know, Google, eBay, uh, Uber, whoever you want to pick. They all started with other people's money. All that is other people's money. It's uh, all of it. And, and so it happens at a big level. It happens at a small level. And so the, 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 what, what, what investors want to know is they want to they pick the right person that has the uh, the purpose and the desire and the ability to pull it off. That's they're betting on the horse, you know, not on the, you know what I mean? Absolutely. They're investing in the person, their, their capacity to, to do what they say they're going to do in terms of this business startup. And then also speak to the, 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 the related to that, Ken, if you would speak to the subject of expected return on capital for uh, the real estate startup yeah. or any a startup I for that matter. Well, I think it's it's a very foreign concept for a lot of people. It certainly was for me. And I, I went to school yeah. for business, but I didn't understand it uh, initially, even when I got out of college. Um, right. You know, like like when when you put money in the bank, it gets a return of less than one percent. Let's say you know if you put it in a T bill or some you know some other vehicle, it might get a little bit more. You put it in real estate, you might get eight or ten percent. You know, you, you yeah. It's just math. So, so it's the same though. If you're asking for people's money and you, you, you say, Hey, I'm going to grow this business. I'm going to, I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to grow this business. I'm going to do buy this franchise, whatever. They're mm-hmm. going to look for a return on that money. It's that simple. If they give you 10 grand, you give them a thousand back. That's 10% a year. So it's just a, it's simple math. If, if you're asking for money from anybody, they're going to want to return on it. 
So Ken, uh, when you work with entrepreneurs that are in this startup stage, and, and we'll talk about how you do what you do in this segment for sure, you have to prepare them for the structure of the investment for that investor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And the interesting thing is, is every, you know, it's all negotiable. That's what I love about it. You know, every sure. single, you know, every investor that sits across from you or that you meet is going to have a different expectation on what they want. And, um, you know, it's like anything. There's there's really serious um, experienced investors and then there's some that aren't as as experienced mm-hmm. and um that you know it's just money and uh it all has different structures different returns you know some people want a small part of the company some people want to be partners some people don't want to be partners some some invested as a loan um some are hard money loans some are yeah. it just depends all over yeah. the map there's a there's a it is a it's a broad map there's a full spectrum of possibilities and i guess you're so involved in the, as I understand it, in the real estate side, which is definitely different from an expectation standpoint than, let's say, the tech startup, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do have a tech company, and I do have a publishing company, and you know, and I do have other. Oh, companies. even better. So you can yeah. speak to both sides of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, then. yeah. So and, how do you characterize these differently? They're sort of different ends of the spectrum, right? They're very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I think that you know, sometimes you can just, uh, for example, sometimes you can just find things that are broken and put ah. you know a, a better business plan around it and recapitalize yeah. it and grow it. You know, that's mm-hmm. my good friend here uh, in Arizona did that you know he's now a governor of arizona and he started coldstone creamery and it was a just a small little mom and pop marble slab type creamery here uh, <laughs> in uh, in phoenix and so he you know that's what he did he he started and he, he rebranded it and and, and uh, sold them off as franchises so it can be done a number of ways as, as you say tell that story i can't help but think of uh the founder or of the McDonald's that we now know, right? That's essentially what he did. Ray Kroc? Exactly, Ray Kroc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Kroc, if you read his book, and it's great, and watch the movie, he says he's not in the hamburger business. You know, he's in the real estate business. That's and, exactly uh, right. That's a great yeah. story. His uh, accountant, there's a great book, uh, you probably know it by a uh, last name, Love, I think is his name. And he wrote a biography. I'm sure they used it for the movie, Ken. And uh, I don't know if you've seen that book, but it talks about that almost a real estate sandwich, right? The pun intended. Yeah, well, I, I had a good fortune of playing golf with a guy by the name of Shelby Yastro, who was one of Ray Kroc's early partners and uh, his wow. attorney and uh, from wow. Chicago. Yep. He lives out here in Scottsdale. And, and he told me all these stories. And one of the stories <laughs> was McDonald's was you know there weren't originally seats in mcdonald's and um and so he had a big fight with ray Kroc over whether or not they should put chairs in there or not because you know back in the day they used to walk up and and the, I remember point, those of, days. The, the point of me telling you that is even ray Kroc, as smart as he is and as you know as as um you know iconic as he is now yeah, yeah. you know he, he he just started and you know he started off making you know milkshakes and selling those and you, you know the story and, right he was uh, selling yeah. those multi-mixers yeah. and said hey wh- what the heck are these guys doing with yeah. 17 multi-mixer machines i gotta go right. pick these guys out yeah. right right so so the point is he didn't have everything figured out either right and, you know and, and he you know just like everyone does it you know, you just got to start and then 
keep an open mind and, and try to get uh, good good information. Well, I love that. Ken McElroy is our guest. He's the real estate advisor to Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Company and many other things. You're involved across the spectrum of business. So this is, it's so great to have you. You can reach uh, or learn more about the work you do, Ken, if I've got it right at www.kenmcelroy.com. Related to startups, there's a very large and growing uh, baby boom population in uh, certainly in the U.S. today. What do you say to 40, 50, 60, or even beyond 60-year-olds that are looking at entrepreneurship as a way to, I'll call it, supplement uh, their social security or, or, or just move on to the next project because they're passionate? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is retirement is boring. <laughs> you know? I, I don't know. Well, you and I are on the same page. I, here, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm honest to God. I, I've seen. What does that mean? Um, yeah. I know. Like, right. I, I have friends that have sold their businesses and, you know, in their 20s and 30s and 40s and different companies and different right. people. And they're all, you know, two years later, they're like, okay, I've now, only, I played golf enough, you know. So, so I honestly, I think there's an illusion around 65 and retirement. And I think, I think the issue has a lot to do with two things. One is obviously a financial issue uh, that people want to, you know, try to, to uh, tr- try to help themselves with. But honestly, I think the real issue is a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think. I yep. think that, you know, the people that I've found that have been the most successful in anything in life have been the people who are really passionate about whatever it is they're doing. And so I think you can do both. I think you can make money while having a social purpose. You know, it's, 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 it's not that hard to do. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that need a lot of help in a lot of places. If you, if you just have an open eyes and an open mind, there's a lot of ways to make money in this world. And, uh, and I, you know, I made most of my money in my forties. Most of my friends have, I don't, I don't think, you know, I think forties are a phenomenal time. And I, and, and I, it's funny. I, I, there's one guy that he actually passed away a few years ago, but the, uh, mm. he, he, he was in his eighties and I used to, I used to meet with him uh, and, and we would have a lunch and he, he, he said, you know, he said, he said he made a billion dollars in the seventies. And I think what happens is, you know, all the culmination of all the mistakes you make and all the successes you have and all that kind of stuff and all that experience yeah. leads you down the road. And so I, I think it's wonderful that people are having businesses in the fifties and sixties and seventies. I actually, uh, I, I think that it fills multiple gaps on financial and on purpose. I love that, Ken. I mean, I think that all we really have is the present. And if you're sitting at 60-something or 70-something and you want to put your life to use right now in the now, why not? Why not take the chance? And why not take some risk and be vulnerable and go out there with a new passion? And And I love the fact that you say it's really fueled by the passion. You've got to believe deeply in what you're doing. And it relates to how you relate to capital as you bring money in uh, speaking of other people's money, uh, you, they've got to feel that passion from you. They've got to feel that full in, all in commitment, don't they? Uh, they do. They do. And you can tell. I mean, you can tell if somebody's really enjoying what they're doing or not. Honestly, yep. it's not that hard to spot. You can, you can do that at work, you know, with employees. It doesn't really matter if they're an employee or they own a business, but you can certainly tell. And I'm telling you, if you want to live a long life, um, I think you got to be plugged in to energy and people. And, um, you know, you don't have to make a, a, you know, a whole heck of a lot of money, but you got, you know, you just have to be part, you have to be part of the momentum of life. 
Exactly. I read recently that happiness is really, it's not a destination. It's a state of mind. And uh, I'm paraphrasing and I've been doing a lot of work around this stuff myself. I want to ask you, Ken McElroy, about your own passion, maybe what led to where you are today with the idea that you can, we can share perhaps the map of your success to help others achieve their own form of whatever success means for them. So what are some of the things or the pivot points or the, the, the decisions you made along the way that allowed you to accumulate assets in real estate and now in these other uh, sectors? Sure. Well, gosh, there's, honestly, there's so many lessons. I, I think the first <laughs> question, the, yeah, it is a great, great question. Uh, the, the first thing that I learned is to pay attention to margins. So, you know, I think a lot of times people go out and they do things and they, it does, it's not profitable for them. So they're just replacing a job for, you know, what, we, what I call a busyness, not a business, but a busyness. Yep. And, and um, so they might, be, they might be free from an employer and that is a step. But to watch your margins, in other words, if you're going to go do something and spend your time on it, it needs to be worth your time and there needs to be significant profit and margin around there. And I think that was one of the first mistakes I made. In other words, you were looking at top line revenue rather than bottom? I was, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was looking at, yeah, you know, I'd look at a contract. I'd say, yeah, let's do this. This looks great. Right. But I, I didn't understand, um, you know, how, what, it, what it took. To, to pull it off. And, yeah, and it happens yeah. all the time in business. I see it all the time. And absolutely. And there's lots and lots and lots of businesses, as you know, that go out of, go, go out of business that way. And, you know, basically you're just staying afloat if, if you're just cover, you know, if you're just paying yourself and a few people, you know, the, the other, the other thing that I, I think probably I had a big revelation, uh, this is going back maybe 15 years ago was the value of human capital. Mm. And um, this isn't talked about enough, I don't think. But I, I think that hiring the right person that uh, has the best attitude is far, far more important than just hiring somebody with a lot of experience. And I, I, I used to make that mistake. And I started hiring people because people with good attitudes – what they do is they're, you know, when they're done, they say, okay, what else can I do? And they're, they're thirsty. They're thirsty for learning. And, you know, it doesn't matter if they don't know the position. If they have a bright outlook on life, they're going to turn into an amazing person. I love that. It's the who behind the job or the function. It's not about how much knowledge or experience because you really, I mean, that's in their DNA and you can't teach it. You can't really coach to it. I don't know if you'd agree entirely with that, but much more important to look at the who they are than the what they know. I think that's your point. Without a doubt. I'll give you a great example. I, was, I live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in the summer, and I was playing golf mm-hmm. up there with a friend of mine. And um, his son, who was going through the master's program at UCLA, really, really got my attention just because of the individual he was. Uh, and uh, he was married, had a kid. He, you know, he was actually an actor. He had been on uh, some actually pretty big shows like Grey's Anatomy. And wow. he, he uh, after that show ended, uh, he went back and got his master's and he's a driven kid. You know, he was a, and, and he went through school to be a financial analyst and he had no experience in my world. And I hired him. I'm, I had a move from um, Beverly Hills, or UC was at UCLA. So, and um, no experience. Trained him in a year. He turned out to be the most amazing acquisition guy. And it was all based on 
his outlook on life, you know, the way the, yeah. his thirst for knowledge and, and, yeah. and, and, you know, and now he's uh, doing very, very, very well in, in this industry. It's a great story. I mean, yeah, you plucked him out and you, you just had a feeling. It was almost a, it's a feeling more than a thought. Do I have that right? It is. Yeah. It's not a resume. It's, it's, um, you know, I mean, you, you know, you run across these people, you run across, like if you're at a way, if you're sitting there having breakfast or lunch and you're, you know, the waiter or waitress has, you can tell, you know, and not always. Sometimes they have a bad morning or afternoon or something. But generally, you can tell the the ones who have a very bright outlook on life. Absolutely. Attitude is everything. My father used to say that. So true. Many fathers have said that. Fathers of business have said that, like you. Ken McElroy, you are at uh, www.kenmcelroy.com. I'll put it in the show notes for as well. Ken, what else should we know about the work you're doing today in terms of, I know you've got a set of videos. We were talking offline about those. Tell us what you'd like us to know about the work you're doing. Sure. So we own almost a billion dollars worth of real estate. And over the last 14 years, uh, it's been fun. We have about 300 employees. And so we poured ourselves into personal development around that. And as a result, our company was ranked in the top 10 in the country uh, for real estate management and development and construction. And, and um, wow. so we're, we're really proud of that. And, and obviously, we're one of the top employers of Arizona. But the reason is, David, it's not because of me. It's not because, you know, we have some there's 50,000 companies like ours in the country. It's because uh, we pour people into personal development. And, and so the videos that we produce, that I produce on KenMacroy.com um, are all about real estate, you know, how to's and, and, and on mindset and things like that and things that we do here in our, in our company. And it's based on, uh, you know, I've written four books. And, and so it's, it's a lot of the questions that, that, we, that we do on video are a direct result of the the people who send in the questions. And so it's it's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really rewarding and it's fun to put out into the internet. What I think to be really good content on, on a, on a business and an industry that I really love, which is uh, real estate investing and, and, uh, and property management. Beautiful, beautiful. So more information there. Again, it's in the show notes, www.kenmcelroy.com. K E N M C E L. ROY.com. Ken, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge, your experience, your insights on the small biz brain. We'll do it again for sure, I hope. Sounds good, David. You bet. Thanks for joining us on our journey into the small biz brain. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and please do give us a review there. You can contact me at podcastandradio.com. I'm David Wolf. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.